It's that time again. Thank you for joining us today. It is episode number 44 of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Freilich podcast. Now, last week we talked with Richard Brown and we had a conversation about a signing. And this week uh, we want to have on the episode another discussion about a signing to kind of give you an idea of what kind of things to expect. But uh, this episode, we're going to also focus on a lot of aspects of officiating as well because my guest is Bill Bradish of Toledo, Ohio. And Bill is, boy, you talk about an official that's well-respected in Northwest Ohio. Bill is certainly one of those officials. Uh, 31 years as a high school boys basketball uh, referee, six boys state tournament assignments, 20 consecutive years um, as boys state regional assignments, uh, 11 boys Toledo City League championship assignments. I mean, just the list goes on and on. And also 25 years he spent as an NCAA Division II and III official. Also a seven-time NCAA Division II regional assignment. A lot of success there uh, in, in officiating. Uh, he also uh, spent a lot of time and with the uh, NWDBOA past president, executive committee, and member of the committee that created the Association's Hall of Fame and the first class of 1998. He is a member of the Ohio Association of Basketball Officials, two-time past president, and 2015 recipient of the Jack McLean Award for a meritorious service and outstanding contributions. No surprise there. Uh, Hall of Fame accolades continue to go. In 2004, he was an inductee of the Roy C. Start High School Hall of Fame, 2006 inductee of the Toledo City League Athletic Hall of Fame, a 2017 inductee of the Northwest District Basketball Officials Association Hall of Fame. This guy is phenomenal, and I think you're really going to enjoy the time that we have here. Bill is married to his wife, Christine. They have three children. He has six grandchildren. Still lives, in, <coughs> excuse me, still lives in Toledo. He's a retired um, um, from the uh, sales and marketing management uh, business in the packaging industry. Um, goodness, he played at at uh, Start High School, played uh, basketball and baseball, was named All-City in basketball and uh, All-City and All-State in baseball as a catcher, and he earned his bachelor's degree um, at the University of Toledo. So enjoy the episode. I hope you get a lot out of this. You know, there's a lot to say here uh, as far as being an official and being a signer as well. And, and as you know, um, the podcast is sponsored solely by PQ2 LLC and uh, its owner and uh, fellow basketball official, Matt Kearns. He's been a basketball official for 35 years himself. Uh, he's a member of the Trumbull County Portage County and Lake Erie County, uh, Lake Erie Basketball Officiating Associations in Northeast Ohio. Be sure to check out PQ2 LLC at pq-2.com. Thank you very much for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. Enjoy listening to Bill Bradish. Here we go. Episode 44 on the way. Well, as we mentioned in the introduction, Bill Bradish is the guest, and um, Bill, you you talked uh, to me just a little bit ago uh, about all of the years that that you were officiating and how time really goes fast. Uh, boy, it really does go fast. But uh, one thing we are glad is that we're glad you're on on the podcast. So thanks for joining us. Well, thanks, Mark, and I, I certainly appreciate. Uh what you do with this, it's a great service to the, to Northwest Ohio and basketball. The, uh, we're going to, we're going to break this out into just like a basketball game. We're going to have our pregame first quarter, second quarter, halftime, and then third, fourth quarter. We're going to go to post game and then have five quick decisions, five questions that, that we like to ask. But first we're going to go to the pregame section. Before we do that, we want to hear from our major sponsor, which is PQ2 LLC. We'll be right back. Hey Ref, if your day job requires engineering thermoplastics, connect with PQ2 LLC and have a thorough, candid, and honest pregame discussion about your next injection molding, extrusion, or blow molded project. Make the right call to PQ2 LLC. That's www.pq-2.com. 
So as we enter the pregame, um, you know, one of the things I like to talk about is uh, the season that we're having right now. So we're all the way into February, just about ready to enter into the girls sectional tournaments in Ohio. We have it broken down with uh, sectionals uh, and then district tournament, regional tournament, and then state tournament. The uh, the girls starts in another, I think it's another week. Uh, it'll be next week when this thing uh, airs. And so uh, the boys are really right into the heart of things where we're um, starting to determine league, uh, league winners, league title winners. Probably a lot of them are going to come down to the last week. But uh, talk a little bit about this season and uh, some of the things that maybe you've seen this year um, that, uh, that are some good things and maybe some of the things this year that you've seen uh, that people can work on. Well, I, I I think the the biggest thing that I've seen, and it's it's this year and and last year also, is the the way that people have stepped up under tough times, and um, it's it's been really appreciated. Um, you know, there's there's been a lot of people that have had to react and at the last minute when it comes to to helping with ball games and and filling in and and. That that part I think has just been fantastic, and uh, it's been it's been frustrating from our end for quite a bit. But but the the assistance that we received, not only from the officials but from the on my end from the athletic directors uh, and and their cooperation um, has has been really good. As tournament time approaches, um, what kind of things can officials? work on between now and the tournament that make them better officials in tournaments? Well, I'd, it, I, it's a great opportunity to simply, you know, step back. And, and I would say one of the biggest thing is refresh yourself mentally. Uh, the, the season is, is a long process and can be very draining. And, and one of my biggest suggestions is to, is to take some time to refresh yourself uh, and physically also, but uh, and a lot of times there isn't time for that. But um, you know, think think back to some of the tough situations that you've had maybe during the season. What could we have done better in those situations? Uh, how can we prevent those type of situations? And 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 really get yourself back into the mode of we're starting a brand new season, which it is. Tournament time is a brand new season, and. Um, being being ready to go is really key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, that is really really important. And you, I like the I like the idea of, of refreshing yourself, especially mentally. And you're right, we we get busy. And I think when the tournaments start, a lot of the officials that do both boys and girls, um, you know, once that last regular season week happens, you could conceivably have regular season and tournament times go, and you have a game Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. No question. You're, yeah. you're, you're running up against it back to back and, and, uh, all the more reason to, to stay healthy and do the things that keep you healthy, uh, both physically and mentally. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's, it's really key. It's tough. I know it's tough, but, uh, um, hopefully a lot of them are a lot younger than I am can handle it too. <laughs> so we talked about, uh, in the, in the introduction, uh, 31 years as a high school basketball official, that's an a really great career with a lot of tournament success, a lot of college basketball um, success. What made you decide to take up officiating? That one was easy for me, Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I grew up with a father who was an official. Okay. And and a uh, and a ball player, and 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 I played um, all sports. And but I can remember you know, back six, seven years old, going to games with my father. And um, and those rides, just like we used to ride with JVs, as JVs, but I would go to games with him and his partners and, and the ride home. Of course, at that age, all I was interested in was getting some money for the concession stand. But, <laughs> uh, uh, but, I, but I grew up in that environment. And I grew, I grew up in an environment to, to respect the advocation. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that was really key. And then having played, um, it was kind of a natural for me to to go into it, to stay involved in the game from that standpoint. 
Were you ever able to spend some time with your dad on the basketball floor? Did that, did that happen? We, uh, uh, I, I was very, very fortunate to um, be his JV official. Nice. And, uh, and, and what an education that was because my father was, was working with the games with the likes of, of Jim Desmond and Mike Stockner and, and Tommy Grzynski and those people from Northwest Ohio that were very, very successful. And, and as a JV, I rode to games with them and, uh, as, as my father's JV and, uh, uh what an education I got. I'll bet. Right. The, the stories that you were able to tell or probably not tell, right? <laughs> well, that, that that's very true. <laughs> that's, that's very true. But, uh, you know, just, just to be able to listen to, to that kind of banter and, and, and recap of, of games was just, uh, immeasurable in its impact. When did you start going with your dad uh, as the JV official was, um, for as far as an age goes, where were you at? I was, yeah, I was, I was in my early twenties. Mm-hmm. I was in my early twenties when I started doing that. And, um, uh, it kind of, it, it certainly kicked me off and, and, um, uh, I worked up to, to a varsity schedule. And in fact, my, my very first varsity game was after a JV game sitting in the locker room and they came in and said, don't get undressed. One of them isn't showing up and you're going to work the varsity. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, a, a lot of people have happened like that, but I was in my early twenties and, uh, and, and did and got going. And, but to be honest, um, I took some time off from the age of 25 to 35, mm-hmm. um, due, due to family and travel with business and work and everything. And, right. you know, that, that, that probably cost me from advancement in, in college, but, uh, it was the right thing to do. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. We always, we always preach uh, family first and that's, um, that's a great example of that. So as we, um, talk in our pregame, one of the things that uh, I always like to ask, and, and I'm sure you have some great wisdom that you picked up along the ways and, and some of the things you talk about, but what are some of the things that officials need to be covering in their pregame? I, that's great. And I can't emphasize how important it is. Um, I don't care if you've been doing it one year or 30 years, uh, you, you need to have a pregame. And, and I would suggest that there's a lot of things out there, but, but create, create your own little outline of major points that you need to, you need to hit on and have that so that you don't forget. But, and we do need to talk about, you know, coverage and, and positioning and, and, and those kind of things. But, but more importantly, uh, I, we, we need to talk about dead ball situations and game management, make sure that, that we're aware of what's going on when there's a dead ball. How are we going to handle situations? How are we going to handle changing a call if we have an out-of-bounds dispute? And, and how are, what's the correct way to handle it um, and make sure we're on the same page? Uh, if, if unfortunately we, we have a technical foul situation, how are we going to help as partners to get that executed, um, and, and make sure that we're, we're on the same page. Um, and so the, the, the big surprise things don't totally surprise us. Mm-hmm. And especially with, with people that you may, may or may not have worked with frequently in the past and, um, uh, to just, and being on the same page is so important. And those are some big things that I think need to be covered in pregame. And and probably the other aspect of that is, is how are we going to improve as a crew throughout the game? Um, right. Great, great question. Um, there, there's, there's nothing wrong with getting together during timeouts. If we don't feel we're on the same page. Um, if, if we, if we're, we're not sure of, of where we're going with a situation, get together. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and specifically um, talk about it at halftime and, and make sure that if, if you're not comfortable with something, don't let it fester, speak up and talk about it and make sure it gets resolved. And those are some great points, and we are going to conclude those points. In the pregame, we're going to go to the first quarter, but first we're going to hear hear a little bit about PQ2 LLC. We'll be right back. 
Hey Ref, this is Matt Kearns with PQ2 LLC. Call me to discuss your next injection molded plastic resin buy. You'll realize it was a great call. We've been in the plastics business for over 40 years and are thrilled to work closely with world-class customers and best-in-class domestic and global suppliers. You can expect complete transparency through every step of your polymer sourcing process. This year marks my 34th year of officiating basketball in the state of Ohio, and I'm sending my best wishes to you for a safe, successful, and fun year on the hardwoods. Hey ref, click on www.pq-2.com. So in the first quarter, uh, one of the things I want to touch a little bit upon is, is uh, Bill, you started to assign officials um, how long ago? Uh, eight years. Eight years. So um, I'm sure that uh, that's a little bit different uh, than maybe what you thought. I'm, I'm not sure if it was or not. But comp- I guess what are some of the things that you learned about officials that maybe you didn't know before when you got into assigning? Well, the, the actual function, um, I was very close friends with a lot of my own assigners when I was officiating, including at the collegiate ranks and a lot of the things that they would go through. And, and so I had a l- little bit of feel for what was, what was coming, not everything. But what I learned, to be honest, about, about officials is how many very good officials we have around in Northwest Ohio. Yep. You know, when, when you're refing games, you don't know everybody. You you work with a lot of the same people all the time. Uh, uh, and, and you don't see everybody that's out there. And when I got into assigning and started observing and going to games and seeing people, I, I found out that there were the capabilities of people out there that I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and, and the abundance of, of talent that we do have, although not enough. But uh, uh, the, that was one of the big things that I learned. So uh, I'm sure that you've had to have discussions with some officials about getting better uh, from that standpoint. And I think you probably did that when you were official as well. But from an assigner, um, I think it gives a little bit more oomph to the conversation. So what kind of uh, discussions have you had with some officials, whether that be young officials or veterans, um, to try to um, maybe make them a little bit better? Well, I think, um, and and if, if you're in this for the right reasons, you do want to get better. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to get better. I don't I don't care if, if you're a rookie or, or a 30-year veteran. I mean, I always tell people in my 31st year of officiating, I was still learning things. Yep. And, and you always do. Um, but and, and we need to do a better job, we being our local associations and um, and even us as a signer of doing a better job of helping people improve. But at the same time, um, the, the officials have resources available that, in my opinion, they ought to be jumping on them and take advantage of them. And I, I can't stress enough the concept of self-evaluation and breaking down tape and film of games and and watching yourself and if you don't know how to break down a film um find someone who does and and sit through a game so you understand what you're looking for um and and then even beyond that reaching out to other veteran officials or mentors uh i can't think of any veteran official that i know that would not agree to help someone if they reached out to them and talked to them and asked them questions. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, those, those are the things to, to help improve. And I think one of the, one of the things, and I'll get back to the game film evaluations. Whenever, whenever someone says to me, when I'm watching a game, well, what did you think about that call or what, you know, did I get that one right? And my first question is, where were you when you made the call? Mm-hmm. And the response, well, I was the trail or I was the center. No, 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 no. Where were you? Did you have a good angle? Were you in the right spot? Did you get caught by surprise? And, you know, nine times out of ten, when we're not sure about a call that we've made, 
we could have maybe been in a better position. And, and that's where the, the evaluation, if you look at the film and how you got there and where you were when you made the call, um, could, could we have improved on where we were to get a better angle and how do we do that? And, and that's, that's really pretty visible when you, when you look at yourself on a, on a tape. So the, the evaluating your position and where you are when you're actually making calls is a great tool to improve. What a great point. And uh, that's something that uh, I'm sure a lot of people will take a look. And, I, you know, it's funny. I had heard uh, a buddy of mine talk about evaluating uh, game film as well and talking about the position work. And I know that when I look at film now, that's uh, really that is one of the big things that I look at is where where are we as a crew? Um, sure. And, and that, yeah, you're you're 100 percent correct. That is a, a real important part of it. Did you pick that up? in your officiating career or is that something you picked up with the help of college or how do you, um, uh, from your standpoint, where did, where did you learn uh, about all of that positioning? I know it's probably experience as well. Well, it's experience, but it, it, I, I was again, fortunate enough to work um, uh, in excess of 20 years of collegiate ball and you're required to self-evaluate, break down your films, give reports, and and we had and supervisors were doing the same thing of our games mm -hmm. and uh so it was it was a necessity and and by doing that um and learning from it uh was was just invaluable and it so it was a uh a have to do process mark that we had to do and uh it was required and and even it, I, I did division two and division three, but at the division one level, the guys are required even now they they'll be on an airplane after the game to this afternoon and they've got to review their film before they, the next day within 24 hours and, and report. So, um, um, yeah, I, I learned it from having to do it, but once I saw the value, it became a, a pretty, uh, habitual. Yeah. Well, we're going to pick up on that conversation in the second quarter, but uh, first we want to take a break, and uh, we'll be right back. Hey, ref. Objectivity, integrity, and experience. All hallmarks of a quality basketball official. At PQ2 LLC, we bring those traits and an unmatched passion for our customers' successful plastic application by being a one-stop shop for thermoplastic resins. Visit our website at www.pq-2.com. Real needs, practical solutions, and exponential results. PQ2 LLC. So in our second quarter, we want to still touch upon the assigning portion of this. But since you talked about uh, the evaluator part, you do evaluations at the regional tournaments. And uh, I, you've been doing that for a little while now. And, uh, you know, when you get to the regional tournaments, folks, this is that is one step away from the state tournament. So Bill gets to see uh, a lot of officials and a lot of good officials at that point. So I'm sure that you see a lot of things that are received well and probably not received well by officials. So talk a little bit about some of the things that you look for when you do your evaluations of officials and maybe talk about some of the um, um, discussions that you've had with officials that can help the officials that are learning on how to respond to evaluators. Well, I, I one of the biggest things... And it starts when you walk out on the court and we look for this and, and we look for body language and body language, uh, that equates to professionalism. Um, we're, we're, we don't want to be laughing and joking with our partners. It gives a, gives a perception that we're really not into the game. Um, I'm not saying we have to be stoic and, and, uh, uh, not, not, not be able to show expression, but we have to show that we're focused and in the game. And even during when we're standing before during warmups, um, no hands in pockets, no crossed arms, no, uh, even 
you know, behind the back, just let your arms fall to your side because if you've studied body language, some of those things are, are negative body language impacts. And, and it go, goes from there, but that's, you wouldn't think that that's important, but it really is. And, um, and we, we evaluate calls. Uh, when I do it, I chart every call and who makes it, what position they were in when they made it, uh, whether it was a good call or bad call. Uh, but again, judgments are different from me sitting in the stands than they are from people on the court. Mm-hmm. But it's but it's things that are worth talking about. Uh, my advice when we we talk after the game about uh, a critique, uh, my advice is to keep quiet, nod your head, and just say yes. <laughs> and and. Um, because uh, you can you can agree you can disagree, but uh, you know we're we're just trying to give you some things that that hopefully will help. And a lot of times it it comes into positioning and, and uh, again where you were when you make calls. Yes, we're very very concerned about mechanics and that they're, they're the right mechanics. Um, and and if you can never go wrong if you simply do it by the book. And, and that, that's very key. But, um, again, and sometimes, and even at the lower levels, JV officials and the, and maybe fairly new varsity officials, when they hear some critiques from some of their colleagues, they, they may hear one thing from one person and a contradictory thing from another person. And they're not really sure who's right and what's right. And when, when that happens, I again suggest just nod your head and say yes, and then get to someone who can set you straight. And, and I would, to be honest, if you're confused about something that someone's told you and there's contradiction, get to your assigner that assigned you the game and say, I've been told this and I've been told that what is really correct and what should I be doing and not doing? And, and I, I don't recommend getting in, in into an argument with somebody, but just simply take it all in, sift through it, apply it to what you do in your game. And if you're confused, get an interpretation. Yeah. And we, we talk a lot about, um, about the younger officials doing this, you know, not sure what piece of advice, but what about the veteran officials who want to get better um, and, and this just isn't for a tournament time. This is for even, you know, during the regular season, they want to get better and, uh, they, they want to make sure that the people that they're speaking with know that they want to get better. Um, do they go to the assigner? Do they go, they, they should know who the people are to talk to, but, um, how do you get it to a point where, um, maybe an evaluator looks at that official and says, wow, you know, even after, X amount of years, that official has actually gotten a lot better uh, than the last time I saw him. I mean, do do you see that with veteran officials, or do you see? Oh, that? no question. Okay, no question. Yeah, yeah, no, no question. And uh, um, the and 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 I I see it during the regular season also. And but but no question, you know, some sometimes, and this happened. It happened to me many times. Somebody will say, did you know you were doing this or did you know you were doing that? And I would say, no, I didn't. And and once somebody points it out, uh, then and maybe you go look at it on film and say, oh, my God, I am doing that. And I didn't even realize it. Yep. And a lot of those things happen with veteran officials. Some of, you know, we get into some some bad habits if we get a little lackadaisical at times. And uh, uh, sometimes we have to be brought back down to earth. Yep. And, uh, and that, that, that happens a lot. I, I, um, uh, and I've seen a lot of things and getting back to the lower levels and the, and the junior varsity levels, um, that is during the regular season where I'm spending a lot of my time because I, nobody has ever done that with people at that level. I, I found the first, first season that I was assigning, I was, I was going to all these games and, helping some guys and pointing some things out. And the biggest comment I what I received was, well, nobody's ever told me that nobody's ever watched me. Hmm. And uh, so th- there's a big need for that. 
and uh, I, I'm not sitting here with the answer to how we solve it, but there's certainly a big need. Sure. Yep. Well, that is the end of our second quarter. We are going to take a break for halftime. We will come back and uh, have our third and fourth quarters, followed by the post game and the lighthearted five quick decisions. We'll be right back. Hey, Ref, this is Matt Kearns, and I'm honored and proud that PQ2 LLC is sponsoring my very good friend and former co-official Mark Fralick and the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. I love plastics manufacturing and making things happen in the world of engineering, resin, distribution, and compounding. But come on, there's nothing like game night. A packed gym, the place is rocking, and we leave the floor knowing our crew gave the players and coaches our best, right? I truly hope you enjoy these podcasts, and thank you for your continued support of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast and PQ2 LLC. Tonight's tip, nobody came to see us officiate, so make sure the kids are the stars on game night. So in our third quarter, I think you touched a little bit about helping younger officials. So I want to talk about mentoring and uh, how important that is with officials. You were blessed by having your father uh, help you out. And I think a lot of other officials, you know, they, they find their little niche with, with who they have. But um, was there anybody else besides your dad who helped you uh, in, along your way that became a mentor as well? Oh boy. Um, yeah, there, there, there were a lot of people. Um, I, I, I point to, um, I hate to, hate to, to name drop, but Terry Weimer mm -hmm. was a, a big help to me. I, I actually worked my very, very first college game with Terry. Oh, wow. And, um, who has obviously done very well yeah. and is, <laughs> is, uh, a final four official and, and, um, uh, has been a, a great mentor to me, uh, and, and at the high school level, um, um, a great friend of mine who's no longer with us, uh, John Gurney, yep. uh, was was a, a great mentor, and, and Russ Pitts from over in the uh, Mansfield area um, was was a great is a great friend and and was a a great mentor to me, and um, uh, boy, I, there's just probably a, a lot of others, but uh, they they come to mind. We'll talk about some of the things as a mentor that you need to be doing for the official who needs your help. Well, um, first of all, to, to first to be an ear, just just to be an available ear to to someone that you're trying to help. You know, it's tough. To, it's tough to be a, a physical mentor when you're still officiating yourself mm -hmm. because you, you can't get out to watch it. The only the only time you may look at a at a younger official is if they're working the JV game and you happen to be there to watch the third quarter that they're refereeing before you get ready for your game. Um, but but to to be a, an ear and discuss situations and have a, an open line of communication and and let them know if you are the mentor, let them know that that they can call you on anything whether they think it's important or not. And and just just be accessible. I, I I we've tried in years past to actually assign mentors to to officials, and that's worked and kind of went by the wayside. Um, where people would volunteer if they want one, and people would volunteer to be one, mm. and then match them up. And and I think that's a process that is is really important and and should be looked at at our local associations yeah and that brings up a, a good point you know as an assigner is that something you look to do as an assigner um is mixing in some of the new faces with some of the veterans or in your league is that just not I mean, you need somebody or three officials that have the experience in that league well as, as you know it's a, it's a tough league mm -hmm. it's and it's very very competitive and not unlike others um so it's um, I'm, I'm not going to put um, a real green official in, in that situation, um, but, but I will, people that are progressing and people who are coming along, 
yes, I will, I will do that and try and give them exposure with the help of some veteran officials. I'll do it more frequently uh, in non-league games and, uh, and utilize that to, uh, to try and bring people along also. One of the big, the big issues we have at the, at the, is getting people three-person experience. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really tough because we can't, we would love to be able to do some of that at the JV level. And we as assigners have tried and tried and tried to get that accomplished, but it becomes an economical issue and we haven't been successful. And, um, and back, back to how do I get better? Um, that the, the, to get that experience and to get better, I also suggest off season, off season camps and to attend them. There's plenty available. There are some that are good, some that are bad. Um, I can help people and direct people to where they can and should go and should not go. But uh, getting that instructional help in the off season at, at some of the camps is very valuable. What uh, what kind of things do you think that um, you know? We talked about the camps, and I think you actually talked a little bit about association work. Um, you know, in your local association meetings. Talk a little bit about the value of those meetings in reaching, um, reaching mentors, uh, reaching the younger officials, and also being able to communicate to, to the veterans. So I guess another way I'm, I'm asking is what kind of things in association meetings do we really need to be speaking about? Well, uh, it's tough to speak about topics that apply to everybody. Yep. And, and you just mentioned it to, we, we can be talking about intricate things that, that, that apply to the veteran officials and the younger officials have no idea what we're talking about. And, and it's my opinion that, that those meetings probably would have some value in, in, in breaking up and segregating and, um, uh, hit topics that, that are more geared towards the, the younger officials and how they're getting started. And, you know, just all the way to, you know, how do, how do I get games? Who do I, who do I talk to? Who, do I, who do I need to, to, um, uh, communicate with? And maybe that needs to be two separate meetings and even on the same night, they can, they can be in two different rooms. Um, but, but I think we, we have to gear towards our audiences a little bit better. Yeah, and that's interesting that um, you're right. I mean, we, we again talk about the, the couple of different audiences. And as an assigner, we look at those younger officials as well um, to, to try and help them along their journey. So when you look at assigning young, young officials, um, maybe first couple of years in, in varsity, what kind of things are you looking for? Uh, hustle your butt off. Yeah. (laughs) You know, just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking for somebody that's hustling. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for people that have a, a, the two P's that I call it, that have pride and passion for what they're doing and, and not just out there to run around and go home. And, and you can tell, you can, you can really tell that the, the people that are into what they're doing and, um, and, and their response, the, the biggest compliment that I can get when I, when I call another assigner to get a reference on someone and they tell me all he does is hustle and all she does is be a sponge and wants to know everything. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, and there's a lot out there that we don't realize too, and and that word of mouth from other officials is really important, isn't it? It it really is, and if and if if you're a younger official and you're coming to me to say, you know, I'd like an opportunity to to work in your league, uh, I'm going to ask you for for referrals. Okay, who can I talk to that's worked with you or seen you work, and um, uh, that that that's that's huge, and. We, we as assigners talk all the time and, uh, and we try to help each other. And sometimes, you know, we, we may overlook some people and, and um, then all of a sudden see someone and, 
and have to ask questions. And it's, it's a very confined community and we, we try to help each other out. So that word of mouth is, is huge. You know, it really is. And I, I realized that when I first became an assigner and was able to have some conversations with other assigners about, about officiating and about officials. And in fact, last week after I finished talking with Richard Brown, we, we actually had that conversation that uh, we had a list of officials that we both had questions about. And so we had that conversation. So, so I guess from an official standpoint, um, whether you're young or a veteran official, uh, word gets around fast, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. It really does. And, and, um, uh, and, in, and, and in asking questions, there is a point I want to make. I think some of the younger officials have hesitate when something happens in a game and, and, and they're, they're really not sure what they should have done or they some, did something wrong. Um, they may hesitate to call the assigner and discuss it because they're afraid that the assigner will think they can't handle the situations. They won't give them games. Great point. Yep. Okay. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Exactly. Very, very much so. They, that use, use those people as a resource. I want, but believe me, when, when people call me with those issues and those questions, that's exactly what I want. And I want it to be learning experiences for them. It's, you know, it's not going to affect their assignments and their games. It's all about getting better. And that's how we do it. What a great third quarter that was a lot of, a lot of variety of different questions, but they all were answered. And, and I think uh, there's a lot of great information there. So we're going to go to the fourth quarter right now. We'll be right back. Hey ref, the fourth quarter is crunch time with the outcome of the game in the balance a hoops officials' greatest assets are experience, knowledge, and game management skills. And when that final buzzer sounds and we return to the locker room for our post-game debrief, we know we've done our best. When it comes to plastic resins, PQ2 LLC brings the same experience, knowledge, and management skills to every client engagement. Our observations are focused, our solutions are practical, and our results are exponential. Check us out at www.pq-2.com to learn how we've earned our stripes. So our fourth quarter, we talk a little bit um, about officiating as well, just like we have been. But um, uh, I think one of the big things in officiating is communication with coaches communication with players, communication with each other. But I think I see a little bit of a trend this year more than in past years. And correct me if I'm wrong, there's two things I see. One, the fans are much more vocal and not as friendly as they have been. I'm not saying they were friendly, but there's just seems to be um, a lot more fan departures this year, if I may say. And then I, the other thing I, I see is players – uh, gesturing a lot more on the floor and talking to officials um, when they shouldn't be talking to officials. So I see those two things this year in basketball. Have you seen the same thing? And how would you recommend addressing that from an official standpoint? Well, I yes, I, ha- I have seen it, and, and it's disturbing. And um, uh, I, I think it's also a function of the the times in our society at this point too. Um, and we, we need a lot of help. Um, we, we need help and, and, and I'll parlay this into the fact that, that because of some of this, we're losing officials and, and we need to, to retain them, but they're good. They're coming out, especially younger officials saying, even if they're good officials, I don't want to take this abuse. And we need the help. We can't do it ourselves. We need the help of, of the administrators. We need the help of the coaches. And, and, and we need the help of the fans, whether they realize it or not. And um, a lot of things are going on. The leagues are trying to do some things to, to educate people uh, and, and make, it, make it more conducive to, to a friendly environment. You're always going to have emotions. As far as the, the players are concerned and the coaches are concerned, it's our job to to 
address those things immediately when they start and don't let them escalate. And, and I, a line that I used forever in my career, whether it be to a coach or to a player is you're crossing the line. You are crossing the line. Don't make me penalize you. And, uh, if they, if they don't get that message, then we have to take care of business and we can't, we can't cry wolf. And, uh, yes, yes, I see it, but, but don't ignore it. That's my point here is don't ignore those situations. Make them aware that you're aware of it, that you see it. And, and if it's escalating, let them know that you may have to have to take it a further step. Mm Mm-hmm. In your 31 years of officiating, what might be one of the uh, or two of the scariest or kind of most weird thing that happened to you on the floor? (laughs) (laughs) I always like this. (laughs) Well, you know, I I wish when I started that I started taking notes and wrote a book. (laughs) And um, uh, this... I had I had one thing happen, and this may be hard to believe, but it actually did happen. Um, I was working some high school ball. I was living in Louisville, Kentucky at the time, and was working a, a first-round tournament game. And uh, we were shooting a free throw, shot the first shot, and one of the kids turned to me and said, can you watch him? And he's in the lane. And I said, what do you, what do you mean watch him? He just kissed me. Oh, <laughs> I said, I, you got to be kidding. And I did the same thing as you did. I, I started laughing. He said, no, I'm serious. I said, will you watch him? And and sure enough, the second shot went up. And the kid in the lane, be, before he turned to get the rebound, he turned and he, and he kissed the kid on the cheek and went for the rebound. And and he was accomplishing exactly what he wanted to do, a distraction. And uh, uh, it, it was something, obviously, we had to address. But boy, it was tough to keep from laughing when we did. <laughs> I think you just took the award for the best story on that. <laughs> I, I, uh, and that that was. But and, and another quick one I love to tell yeah. is is actually was in a college game and it happened right at the start of the game and uh, the coach wanted I think he wanted an over and back at the other end of the floor or whatever and he he wouldn't let it go. We didn't call anything and. We're going up and down the court and he's staying on it and I'm the center official in front of him in in his uh the defensive backcourt at this point and he said leaned over and he said Bill I swear to God Ray Charles could have made that call <laughs> <laughs> and I I just I I, and this was later in my career and I spit my whistle out and turned around to him and he of course backed off and said, you, you're going to give me a technical. And I just said, no coach, I just want to use, know if I can use that line. <laughs> and, and he, he smiled, he patted me on the butt and went on and we didn't have an issue with the rest of the game. <laughs> oh, those are two great stories. This is what I like about the podcast. A lot of these stories come out that, that nobody's ever heard and they're, they are classic stories. I love that. <laughs> well, they are, but you know what it points to is what's really important with what we do is it's at some point we have to keep it light, yep. but you really need to develop people skills yeah. and, and conflict management. And this is an all phases of our lives. Basketball helps you with that as well as your everyday life and your, and your work life and your business life. And, and as you go through your careers on both ends, it really, it, you get to develop that. And it is so important with what we do here. Absolutely. And, that, and you just answered my next question about the professional life and, and personal life and, and how officiating has helped you. And, and you are, you know, perfectly correct on that is, is the, the value of officiating in our daily lives. No question. Yeah. No question. How about family life? You know, that's a great question I like to ask because, you know, we, we talk about family first a lot and, and how important that is. And, and, but in reality, we know that we have to balance that. Um, especially if this is something that uh, when you're, when your kids arrive 
and you've you've been blessed because your dad was uh, a referee and you were able to to go along with him but how have you been able um, to balance family life along with officiating all these years uh the the only way and it's the bottom line is to have the people around you supportive yep that i mean it, it, that sounds simple but it's the only way because if you don't it's not going to work. It's not going to work. This is a very demanding, it's a very demanding schedule. Um, it's, it's demanding time away from the family. And if, if your support staff doesn't understand your pride and your passion for what you're doing, then you're not going to be able to do a good job at it. And I would recommend if that doesn't happen, that you step back and reevaluate. Uh, because there's no sense in sacrificing that for for this advocation. Yep, exactly. And that puts the end to our fourth quarter. We're going to go to the post game. We'll be right back. Hey, ref, good game. When a coach or player acknowledge your effort at the end of a contest, it can make the difference between a fun ride home or one where you're questioning every call you made in total silence. In business, it's no different when the customer values your performance and takes the time to let you know. Visit www.pq-2.com forward slash about to read customer testimonials and then call us at 330-888-9448 to discuss your next plastic application needs never ride home wondering if you made the right call. So the post game we talk, and I think you could, you might be able to talk about this question for a long time, but we talk about the brother and sisterhood of officiating and uh, how wonderful that is on a Friday or Saturday night where we can go and uh, go to the games together and, and maybe go out afterwards. Talk about that special bond that us officials have with each other and how, uh, how you've benefited from that. Well, probably the best way that I can explain the camaraderie that that you experience is I'm very proud to say that one of my, that many of my best and closest friends are basketball officials Mm -hmm. and they are to this day. And, and I mean, (laughs) you spend a lot of time together. You, You spend time together at the games, traveling to the games uh, conversing about games and there's, there is a camaraderie that's hard to explain to other people, uh, what develops here. But my, my greatest example is just that, that my, most of my, my best friends and closest friends are out of basketball. Yeah, and you know that they're close friends. When you don't have a game, they have a game, and they're calling you up after their game to talk to you about it, right? <laughs> no question. Yeah. No question. The referee grapevine is something that people really don't don't mess. You don't want to mess with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you we've talked about um, about uh, being making sure you're in shape uh, during the season and um, uh, making sure that you're ready to go. What kind of things um, did you do to always stay in shape during the season? Well, I I'm maybe a freak when it comes to that, but I'm a I'm a year-round workout aholic, mm-hmm. and I whether it be the in-season, off-season, uh, I never stop working out. And and as you get older, it's even more important because if you stop, coming back's even tougher. Yep. And uh, so, I mean, that that is what worked for me was to was to always uh, work out. I, I I did alternated between cardio and strength training year round, and uh, even 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 in season, uh, uh, it was it was my release, if you will, also. And um, um, I, I just. It's so tough when you get out of shape to come back, and everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, my advice has always been: don't get in a situation where you have to come back. Yep. 
we talk a little bit. I'm going to go back to the assigner's uh, point of view for just one question. Um, you're sitting in your easy chair at night and uh, or you're looking on the Internet and um, all of a sudden you see something that uh, raises a red flag. Maybe you get um, a call from the athletic director or head coach or maybe you see something online. Um, I think anybody who has um, has seen that or had that happen to them knows uh, what happens next. But how do you deal with something like that? As an well, for, first of all, I, I as many as I can, I, I tell everybody that I that I assign games to. Uh, my comment is don't let me be surprised by something. Don't don't let me be blindsided. So if if you're in a game and something happens that you think I might get a phone call uh, from someone else, make sure that the phone call, the first phone call I get is from you. And whether whether it be a text or a phone call, you know, after your game on the way home, I would like to get a heads up. And um, uh, so that we have a chance to to go through it and understand it. Um, yes, I, I have gotten calls from athletic directors during games, if you will. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> it, it has happened. It wow. has happened. And um, uh, and you know those guys have such a tough job. I mean mm-hmm. they they have a twenty four seven job, and it's it's just uh, uh, horrendous what they have to go through. And and I don't I don't mind that. I they're they're giving me a heads up to something, and I will address it right away. Um, the one thing that I do request from the uh, from the teams is that if you know a coach is irate and really needs to talk about something, I do want to talk about it, but I want us to wait 24 hours after the game. Yeah, good point. And um, uh, and, they, and they understand that they really do. And uh, uh, but we we kind of insist on that. Let let cooler heads prevail. Let's get an opportunity to maybe look at the film and what we're what we're we're looking at and what do we want to discuss, and and then let's address it. And I have I have done that. I you know we're we're all human. We've made mistakes as officials, and and I've had times where I say, Coach, you're absolutely right, and this is what we're going to do to address it. This is what we're going to do to prevent it from happening again. Yeah. And that is the end of the post game. Next stop is five quick decisions. We'll be right back. Hey, Ref. PQ2 LLC is proud to be the thermoplastic resin company that dares to be different. Call Matt Kearns at 330-888-9448 and ask what makes PQ2 LLC different. Official site relationships within the community of basketball officials as a huge reason why we take the floor each game night, year after year. PQ2 LLC brings the same passion you have in the locker room to every client relationship we've built over the years. Five quick decisions. Here we are. And uh, this is always the fun part. I'm sure you've got some great stories. I know you're going to have some great stories on this one. So <laughs> I'm not that creative. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first thing is food. You know, a lot of times we are fed um, through you know, after the game. Uh, in fact, this weekend I just somebody that uh, was at a place and they had um, a full pepperoni pizza and popcorn after the game. That was really nice. So, uh, in looking back at your career. What's some of the best food you've ever had at some of these places? Boy, I, I think the one that stands out the most to me uh, was at Willard High School. Uh, Willard High School had the best barbecue shredded chicken sandwiches I think I've ever had. Yeah. And um, it was always a treat to go there. And uh, that that one stands out to me, I guess. Yeah, that would, and and that would. to that point, you know, I think, I think we understand that, that that when we do get that, it's a treat, absolutely, and shouldn't be an expectation. Yep, absolutely, hundred percent agree. Um, next, follow up to that, what's the best place that you have eaten after a game? Well, I'm I'm going to go old school. Yep, and 
it's it's a place that doesn't even exist anymore, but it was the Oaken Bucket, Toledo. Okay, yeah, I've never heard of that. <laughs> the, the Oaken Bucket is where all those guys that I mentioned with my father and their colleagues, that's where they went for years. It's uh, located where the current uh, Wildwood Orthopedic Surgeons place is on, uh, uh, in, in Toledo. Okay. And uh, it was uh, an establishment in, that... That that was my fondest memory of going going after games because that that was where you learned a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff you didn't want to learn. <laughs> it made you a man, though, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. You walk out of there just shaking your head. <laughs> my dad said that, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> if there's one rule that you could change in high school basketball, what would it be? Um, there, there's a couple things that I'd like to see re- reviewed or talked about. Um, that one I don't think is realistic, but I, I would like to see the shot clock talked about and maybe instituted mm-hmm. in high school, but I don't see that happening just because it costs to put that in right. and it costs to have someone run it and operate it on a nightly basis. Right. And, um, but but the other thing that I think to me more importantly, and I know I'm I'm bringing my college stuff into this, but I'd like to see the uh, the arc under the bucket instituted in high school. Oh, okay. Um, only because uh, we have too many defenders taking charges when they're not really in a defensive and and guarding position, legal guarding position, yep. when when they're under the bucket and. Uh, um, I know it's. it would seem like it's a hard thing for us to administer, but trust me when I say it, it takes a lot out of the, uh, out of that situation with the, the, the legal guardian position. Yeah. Do you think that's the realistic one or do you think, which one's the more realistic one? I think that one's more realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. As an assigner, what is the weirdest or funniest excuse that you've heard from an official for either getting out of a game or declining a game? Well, it, it's, it seems funny to me, uh, and okay. uh, at least uh, it was a younger official, and I'm, I'm going to preface it because when I say it, you'll know, uh, a younger official um, in their early 20s that declined a game because it was their birthday. <laughs> party time exactly (laughs) exactly and and my point look you know you're doing a jv game you're going to be done by seven o'clock you've still got time man you know (laughs) bill that's that's an hour and a half of missed opportunities there (laughs) i guess i guess but but i i'm not sure that person works games for me anymore i'm not sure Had a lot of birthdays between now and then, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I yeah, I, I don't have a lot of other ones uh, other than um, I'll, I'll hit that real quick and, yeah. and be out of it. Just, you know, keep the arbiter up to date. That yeah. is such that's the biggest problem we have these days. Yeah. And uh, and respond quickly when you do have a game. Um, just it's it's creating such havoc that's. It's unbelievable, and, and habitual offenders, believe me, get get passed over when I look at games. If I know I can't count on that person based on their history, uh, and I have a game in forty eight hours, I probably won't send it to that person. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's the biggest problem I know as an assigner I face as well. And so, yeah, like I uh, I tell people at our association meetings keep that up to date that's the biggest tool that we have to make sure that we see that everybody's open yeah it, it really is yeah. uh, but but at the same time you know in, enjoy this run everybody should enjoy what they're doing lighten up a little bit yeah. and uh uh just continue to, to get better and if you're not sure how to get better find out yep yeah. our last question on five quick decisions what is the funniest thing that a player coach or fan ever said to you Well, the Ray Charles thing was pretty funny. <laughs> that was <coach>. pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but, but I, I, um, uh, I had a good exchange one time with a fan that, that said something to me about that's, 
that's the worst call that you've ever made. And my response was, well, you haven't seen me work very much. <laughs> that's a good one. That's, a, that's one to write down, folks. <laughs> it is. And the, and, and the other one, the other one is he always had the situation to time out where somebody in the stands, hey, there, there's something on the floor over there after some, you know, whether it be a coin or confetti or whatever. And, right. and, and I look, there is, I said, yeah, right over there. I said, I'm, I'm a referee. I can't see I that. See that. <laughs> you you got to help me out, man. <laughs> Fan interaction can be a lot of fun. You know, but it can be, really, but but be careful. Exactly, be careful. exactly. You really do have to be extremely careful today. Yeah. And I don't, I don't condone it. And and a lot of things that we did, even ten years ago, I wouldn't even condone doing today. Yep, yep, exactly. Well, this has been a great uh, hour with you. Thanks for all of your great insight, both as an official and as an assigner and uh bill thank you very much and uh, uh best of luck to you i think the rest of the season especially in assigning and uh enjoy that sunny florida thank you mark i appreciate it and that closes another episode of the high school basketball referee with mark fraley podcast i appreciate you taking the time to listen until next time have a great day brighten someone's day with a smile and god bless